0: Welcome everyone, you're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg.
1: It says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes at this and there's new heavens and the new earth. All tears are going to be going away. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away.
0: Scripture today says, the former things have passed away. Thank you for tuning into our program today. The New Jerusalem is distinguished by what it does not have. No tears, no sorrow, no death or pain. Later, it will be shown that the New Jerusalem has no temple, no sacrifice, no sun, no moon, no darkness, no sin, and no abomination. Now let's open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 21 and continue to hear God's promises of life in his eternity.
1: With us so far, as he talks about things that are in heaven, it's it's sort of like this. It's kind of like this. It's like this. Because it's hard to describe the beauty of what God has prepared for those who love him. A place that God has promised for us going to come down out of heaven from God. It seems that this new Jerusalem has already been built, perhaps, or in the process of being built. Remember what it says in John chapter 14? What did Jesus say that night that he was taken after the the last supper? What did he tell his disciples? What did he tell Peter? He says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, And when you see the dimensions of this new Jerusalem that are laid out for us next week, your jaw is going to drop. And that is a hook to get you to come and listen. It's amazing how big this place is. There's going to be plenty of room. Plenty of room. He says, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again And receive you to myself. Notice that where I am, there you may be also. That you may be also. That where I am, you may be also. That's why the rapture, when he comes, we're going to meet him in the clouds. He's not coming down to earth at the rapture. We're going to meet him. We're going to be resurrected and we're going to meet him, the dead in Christ first, and then we, which afterwards, that are alive and remain. And I'll have you remember that the current earth that we, we are currently living on right now, it's going to be here for at least another 1,007 years. At, at the very least, if the, if the Lord was to return for the church today, this earth, the sun and the moon and everything else is going to last for a 1,007 years. Why do I say that? Because if we were raptured right now, we know there's a seven-year tribulation period, then we know there's a millennial reign of Christ. Some things will change, but for the most part, everything's going to be somewhat different. But we are going to be living on this earth. We're going to look at the same moon, folks, the same sun in the, in the sky. You and I will be changed in our new bodies. There seems to be three locations, and and. Some of you may have the question in your mind, because I've thought of it myself as I was preparing this, and just by way of making things clearer for you, there seems to be three locations for the redeemed. The Bible says that when we die, believers die, they are immediately in the presence of God. That's what it says. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So when we die, we go to heaven. So right now, we go to heaven, the abode of God. But we also know that there's another place of bliss, And we've been talking about that the last two weeks, the millennial reign of Christ. There'll still be death, but there will be longevity of life. It will be a place where Jesus will rule and reign on the earth in Jerusalem for a thousand years, and we will reign with him. But at the end of that thousand-year reign, he creates a new heavens and a new earth, and that's what this next place is. This is the final place. So you think of it, if I was to die right now, my spirit my soul would go to God. My body would lie in the grave until he comes. In the rapture, he'll take my body, transform it. I go to him or you, you know, at the same time and we're with him for that amount of time. Then we come back. When Jesus comes back in his second coming, we come back with him to the earth, physically to the earth for the thousand-year reign. And then at the end of that thousand-year reign, a new heavens and a new earth the final repository, if you will, the final place of eternal bliss. There's nothing more after this. This is it. And the new Jerusalem, and you and I will dwell in it, and we'll look at that next week. I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to that. I've heard people say, you know what, it just sounds so boring. You know, I want to go to hell where all my friends are. We'll have a party in hell. Really? Is it going to be like a a, a six-pack of Bud Light and a a dartboard, and some peanuts on a table, and a a pool table? Really? You're going to party with your friends in hell? I don't think so. But yet God wants you to be with him. Do you want to be with him? He wants to be with you. You know, there are some Christians I've talked to that are like, you know what? I don't. I'm I'm afraid. I don't don't want to go to. I I mean, I I think I want to go to heaven, but I'm not really ready. You know, whatever. I'm like, you know, don't worry. God will get you there. But do you desire to see Him? Because He desires to see you. Don't be afraid. So there'll be no need to panic. Even now, don't panic. Are you worried about global warming? Let me tell you something. I read the Bible. There's another thousand, at least another thousand and seven years left on this earth. God mentioned nothing about global warming. It's coming at the end. Believe me, that's the kind of global warming that AOC and Bernie Sanders... Hopefully, they won't see that, okay? I'm not wishing anything. Hopefully, they turn from their, you know, and turn to Christ. I'm not saying that. But what they're promoting and and, and saying that we're all going to die within 11 years, you know, all this global warming, trust me, with all authority of heaven on my side, it's hogwash. When you start placing current events in the light of what's coming, are you really worried too much? Is God really wringing his hands and going, oh, those fossil fuels? Can't believe it. Got to shut down that pipeline. Spewing this toxin in the air and messing with the clouds. God's not concerned. People are. I mean, we should be good stewards. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying just be a complete pagan and be a fool. No, we we need to be careful. It's good to do that. But know this that when God says it's going to continue, it's going to continue. Who cares what man says? Who cares what scientists think about this, these issues? It's going to be there, and you can trust it. You can trust God. Trust God. Will you trust God, or will you trust the opinions of the, of the, of the people who know? But notice, and I heard a loud voice, verse 3, from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, God will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, this tabernacle of God with men. You think of the Old Testament, what was the physical presence, what was the box that was literally the the physical presence of God for the Jew back in the Old Testament? Back when, when when they came into the desert, what was it? It was the Ark of the Covenant, wasn't it? It was, it was a tabernacle. What was inside the tabernacle? It was the Holy of Holies, this Ark of the Covenant where the, the tables of, uh, of the Ten Commandments, those two tables of stone were in there, and the rod that budded from Aaron, and the little thing of manna. And what happened when Jesus came to the earth? Jesus also was tabernacled, just like that Holy of Holies, just like that Ark of the Covenant. Jesus was tabernacled. It literally means a tent or be, to be encamped, to, uh, to be, to take on, to dwell, to, to be tabernacled, to be tented. And isn't that what happened with Jesus? The one who's always lived forever? He was tabernacled. What does it tell us in John 1.14? It says, And the word, speaking of the Logos, speaking of Jesus, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. That word dwelt means tabernacled. He was tabernacled. He put on human flesh. He didn't need it prior to... He lived in eternity just fine without it, but now he's got human flesh. He was tabernacled among us, and we beheld his glory, John says, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And notice, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. You know, during the church age, and throughout even the tribulation period, which is yet future to us, the tribulation anyway, Jesus hasn't been physically present on the earth, has he? He's spoken to you, he's ministered to you, but he will be, he will be during the thousand year reign on this earth and into eternity in the new earth, new heavens, and the new Jerusalem. Think of it perfect bliss. I'm so looking forward to that, aren't you? Is there anything in this world holds that has captured your heart to where you're like, I'm not ready to go because I want this? I want to experience this before I go to heaven. A lot of people do, and there's nothing wrong with that. But let me suggest to you, the more you understand the reality of who he is and the plan that he has, I'm like, now would be really good. I want to go now. I can't wait. I'm not afraid. I want to be with him. In the presence of perfection and beauty. Perfect compassion, perfect forgiveness. Oh my, it's going to be so incredible, folks. And notice verse 4, and we'll, we'll end, we'll probably have to end here. It says that God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. At this, and this new heavens and the new earth, all tears are going to be going away. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And these are some of the characteristics of this eternal state. There'll be no more crying. I won't have to be, I won't be heartbroken anymore about my own self, about things that have happened to family members, or or struggles that I'm in, or circumstances that I find myself in. There's going to be no more crying, and there's going to be no more death. The last enemy that will be destroyed, it says in Scripture, will be death. And by this time, death will have been vanquished, and it will have been cast into the lake of fire, never to be seen again. You know, even during the millennial reign, there was death. People lived a long time. They will be living a long time, because... Some part of the curse will be lifted, but there'll be other things that will still remain, and death will be one of them. There will be death. But there'll be no more pain. For those of you who've had surgery or or Barb Williams, you know, the pain that we experience, the pain that pastor kevin is experiencing the pain that some of you are experiencing it's all going to go away you'll never feel pain ever again you'll never wake up guys at four o'clock in the morning to go to work and feel like somebody hit you with a sledgehammer in your back you'll never feel that pain and there'll be no more sorrow there'll be no more sorrow in Isaiah 35 verse 10 Isaiah records for us and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away there'll be overwhelming joy overwhelming joy in fact in John's gospel Jesus oh there we go Jesus said most assuredly I say to you that you will sleep, and, or that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. And you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. Because see, that's our existence here on this planet. We we live in enemy territory. I don't know if you've felt that or discerned that that you are living on enemy grounds. Did did, have you? Can you feel it? Because persecution for the church hasn't really been that great, but it's coming. It's coming. But notice Jesus' words even to his disciples. I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. They can't wait to get rid of us. They would love to get rid of us. In fact, when the rapture occurs, when they finally realize what has happened, and the church has been removed, Congress is going to stand up and cheer and they're going to run through every filthy thing that they've ever wanted. The whole, All the world's courts are going to be so glad because there'll be no resistance to anything that they want to do. You want to have an abortion? We'll not only make it law, but we'll give you the tools to do it. We'll even give you the painkillers to help afterwards. We'll give you everything. Free school, free everything. Everything is free, 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 free. You don't have to pay a thing. It's all taken care of by the government that loves you, that has enslaved you. I mean, uh... The government that, uh, yeah, that loves you. Yeah, that's it. Hmm. Jesus said, therefore, you, now you have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and will end here, and your joy No one will take from you, and in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask, the Father in my name he will give you. Until now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask. Even now, ask. Are you afraid to ask? Ask the impossible. If it's God's will, it's going to happen. I've seen him do it. I've seen him, you know, I've asked him things and he hasn't responded, but there have been things that I've asked him that seemed impossible that he's done. He is able. How big is your God? Is he a God that you pull out of your Cracker Jacks box? Most Christians in America, that's who their God is. He's this little God who needs some help. But let me tell you, When you believe in Jesus Christ and you know your Bible, you realize that God Almighty, He is so much bigger and greater than anything you can even imagine with your finite mind. Eternity won't be enough time for us to understand His love and grace. It won't be enough. We'll never figure Him out. Our jaw will always be drawing flies because our mouth will be hitting the ground. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you had the understanding to do that when you knew this would happen. God's like, I got it covered. Before that happened, I was already a billion steps ahead. I'd already checked the king. The game was already over from my perspective, God would say. And I'm on your side because you're on my side. There'll be no more sea in this place. No more sea. The only body of water mentioned is a river of life. There'll be no need for the sun or the moon. Whether there'll be a sun or moon, I don't really know. The Bible's not completely clear. There may be a sun or moon, but it won't be needed for the new Jerusalem, which we'll look at next week, because when you see the dimensions of this thing, your jaw is going to drop. It takes up the majority of the United States of America. That's how big it is. I'll show you a graphic that'll really open your eyes to how big that the Bible tells us that this is going to be. And believe me, there will be more than enough room, ample room for every one of you. There will be tons of room for you individually. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful place for eternity. And there will be no more need for the sun or the moon and no more night there. You won't need to sleep. You won't. I, mean, I love sleeping. In fact, when the service is over, guess what I'm going to do? When I leave this place, as I always do on Sunday morning, I go to my bed, and I take my shoes off, and I collapse. For about an hour. You can ask my family. That's what I do. Lazy slug. But no more night. Why is there no more night? Because the Lamb will be the light thereof. Jesus, the illumination from him of who he is, the Shekinah glory, which had had departed from the temple before the Babylonian captivity. Remember that? It records it for us in Ezekiel 8 through, I think, 11. It talks about the Shekinah glory slowly leaving the Temple Mount. Finally, God just says, You know what? I'm done with this. You guys have, you're just going through the motions. He's telling the Jews, "You've gone through the motions. You're making the sacrifices, but you might as well not, because I'm not hearing you. Because you're still in your sin. You've never repented. You're just playing games with me." And God removes Himself, and all they're left with is a temple that is empty, devoid of real godliness, devoid of real influence. But yet, because we're man, we keep going through like a little hamster on the wheel. We just, you know, we keep going forward, doing our best we can. God says, I'm done with it. But he is going to be the light of this place. I don't know about you, but I love light. I love light, even in a house. I don't like darkness, except when I'm sleeping. I love light. And that's just the physical light. There's a light that is different. Talked about that in Genesis, didn't it? Let there be light. It wasn't this light. It's kind of curious. But God is awesome, isn't he? And he's got a wonderful plan, and he's got it all taken care of, and it's going to unwind for us, and we're going to see it. We're going to see him face to face. I want to encourage you to read ahead next week. You know, we only got through the first four verses here. We'll finish the chapter next week. But be encouraged that regardless of what you're going through, your heartache, your pain, it's not the end, folks. It's not the end. God has a plan, and the plan is good. He can't be outwitted. There's nothing that can happen in Congress. There's nothing that can happen in Europe. There's nothing that can happen in the world that he's wringing his hands about. No, he's very well aware of what's going on. He's allowing it, but he knows it very intimately. And he's like, don't you worry. Don't you worry, church. Fear not. Trust me. Trust me. Keep looking up, looking at me. Stay in my word. Stay in my word. Stay in fellowship. You continue doing those things and let your heart be at peace. Let your heart be at peace. Do not fear. Let's do that. What do you say? Can we do that? Let's not be in fear any longer. Let's focus on the one who is all things. Let's focus on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand together and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this, this time this morning. Lord, we thank you for the great heritage that you have before us. We thank you for the great hope that we have. Lord, it's a blessed hope. It's a blessed hope. Because we know where we're going and Father, I pray that everyone here knows where they are going, beyond the shadow of a doubt. And Lord, if there is anyone here or online that is not sure, God, may they cry out to you. It doesn't take much, God. You know that. It's, just, it's as simple as a, as a prayer away to really be born again. It's no secret. It's no... We don't have to go through a bunch of hoops and fulfill a bunch of requirements before you accept us. We simply come to Christ. Accept him. Lord, we want to receive you. Lord, would you inhabit, Lord, everything that we do. Come inside of us, God. If you haven't already, Lord, consume us. Consume us. The non-Christian and the Christian, consume us, God. Make us worshipers of yours. Set our hearts on things that are pure, that are lovely, that are things of good report, Lord, Lord. Things that are good, not things that are twisted and perverse, God. Cleanse our hearts and our minds. May we focus on you, Jesus. You the, You alone are the omnipotent God. And we worship you and give you thanks. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.